Welcome to a negotiation conversation with experts sharing their experience, lessons, and advice. These recorded sessions may occasionally include quirky background noises and recorded adjustments because they're casual conversations focused on providing valuable content. I'm your host, Penny Rosam. Welcome, Kathy. So glad you took time to connect with me today. Oh, Penny, it's great to be with you. Thank you. We have had so many great conversations. I'm looking forward to uh, walking through these negotiation conversations with you and your vast amount of experience um, with it from a lot of different angles. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about what you do. Give us a little background of how you know you help people and what your role is in the mediation and negotiation. Yeah, I, I would love to. So I'm a domestic mediator. And so I deal with domestic cases, primarily divorces, sometimes family issues, but primarily divorces. And so we come together and we go through all of the items of a divorce, the division of the assets, the division of debt, co-parenting if they have minor children. So we come together and really empower the people to make those decisions. And my goal is to keep people out of courts as much as possible and empower people to make their own decisions. And to do that, they have to know how to negotiate or be willing in good faith to negotiate and work together to resolve the issues. So one big question I'm sure my listeners might have is, you don't know what you don't know, or you don't know what you need, or you don't know what's out there. How would someone, if they weren't listening to this podcast, because they'll have information on how to get a hold of you, how does someone find you that is in a divorce or a dispute? Does the courts show that you guys are around? How would they find you? Yeah, I am a court appointed. So I'm on the list with the courts. So sometimes they will send me cases, um, referrals from different attorneys, different therapists. And then I've been working at this for 17 years. So my name is out there. So people will connect with me uh, through the community, through church, through a variety of places. That really helps a lot because if someone's just starting to face it or their son or daughter or cousin or sister, they at least know there's a lot of different places to ask. So I, you know, if you've got a lawyer, check with your lawyer. If you're working with the courts, make sure you ask the question um, about what is available for resources for mediation. Yeah. And let me just say, Penny, I have a free download that is called preparing to see your attorney for the first time. And this really allows you to get prepared uh, to go through all of your assets, to know the documents that you need to bring together. And it really saves you a lot of money because attorneys, as we both know, are very expensive. And so if you can go in prepared, you're going to spend less time in the attorney's office and that will assist you greatly. So for listeners, I want to remind you that the link for Kathy's website for the uh, handy document she's talking about and other information will be in the show notes. But Kathy, just right now for people that might be listening and want to write it down, what is your um, web contact ad address? That would be divorcesupportanonymous.com. All one word? Yep. And then, okay, divorcesupportanonymous.com. Thanks, Kathy. Sure. And again, welcome this morning. We'll start in with some, some good questions. What type of formal negotiation training experience do you have? Well, I have went through certification programs and I continue over the past 12 years in training. In fact, we are required by the state to get more training than attorneys are 
Don't ask me why, but we are. So there are multiple trainings. In fact, some people make fun of me because I show up at every training because there is so much to know in negotiation and you just can't stop learning. As you well know, Penny, and I have learned from you. So uh, we always want to be learning. So I've done certification programs, uh, trainings sponsored by employers, college courses, seminars, and I just always continue to learn. You know, that's uh, one piece of advice, I guess, that I would like to reiterate. If someone is looking for support and you're in, you find yourself in the situation of divorce or some kind of family dispute, get advice from a professional, mm-hmm. ask if they have certification, ask how much they are, are, what their training is at. Yeah, it's not a one and done thing because things are always changing. So that's a, your first piece of wonderful advice for listeners today. Yeah, and Penny, can I just say also that many attorneys and many people are excellent marketers. So you have to be careful with that. They may have the certification, they may have uh, obviously the law degree if they're an attorney, but that does not mean that they're going to have your best interest in heart. And let me say, I'm not bashing attorneys. There are some incredibly wonderful attorneys out there, but I want you to be aware because some people think, oh, he's such a smooth talker. He must be a great attorney. And if you have money, they may continue to draw out this divorce so they can make and get more of your money. So just a word of caution. Again, I'm not, there are marvelous attorneys out there with great integrity, but there are a few that are not so much. Kathy, I also want to ask you that I would guess someone that would reach out, you know, to someone like yourself at some core of their being wants to be, they, they want this to work well. I mean, they, they, they don't want to, uh, if they're the type of person that really just wants to go after the jugular, I mean, that, that can be, and, and if that's where they're at, they're not going to get, a, um, you know, the same kind of uh, response from you that someone that really wants to work through it and, mm-hmm. and work through it respectfully and in the best interest of everybody involved. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. And it is possible if you can work together to do an amicable and an efficient divorce. So, but if you want to fight, you can fight and attorneys will gladly draw you into the court and let you fight it out. But you have to decide, is it really worth fighting for? And what are the consequences, the long-term consequences to yourself, uh, to the family, to your children? So it is something really you do need to discuss with someone um, who is knowledgeable, a divorce coach or a therapist or uh, perhaps even an attorney. And that's where I think it's really not any different than business negotiations. You can be right. You can be the bully. You can win. But what is a win? at what cost to your reputation, to your relationships. And it it goes far beyond just that one small win in some cases. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, negotiation training. What, you know, do you have any memorable experiences going through training? Oh, there are many. So I attend a lot of conferences on mediation by the Michigan State Bar and they bring in nationally known mediators And so listening to them and hearing scenarios and uh, stories, which is where we all learn, right? Which really sticks in our mind are the stories that allow me to see a different perspective. And great books like uh, Never Split the Difference, The Author is Escaping Me. It's a super book on negotiation. 
Um, so yeah, it's just a, a constant learning. And every case, I will say, and Penny, you would probably say this in businesses, they're all different. The dynamics are all different because personalities are different. Um, modes of operation are different. So it's a fascinating a fascinating world to step into. Right. I, I call that R&D, rob and duplicate. You can learn from someone else's experiences, both the good and the bad. Uh, you mm -hmm. can see beyond what your your circumstances are and how it could, you know, dart out in either direction, uh, positive or negative. And uh, I love that you're listening to other people around the country you know, why repeat a mistake someone else has already made? And you, yeah, you can at least point that out to the people that you're working with. I will put in the show notes, I do like never split the difference. That's a great one. And I will add that in the show notes who the author is. So people will Thank be able you. to find that there. So let's talk about preparing for a difficult negotiation. You know, what kind of steps, what recommendations might you have? Yeah. And when you say difficult, Penny, I love that because I have went into, gone into mediations and I think, oh, we'll have this settled in a couple of hours and we're there all day. And then I look at some and they are complex and I think, oh, this is going to take us a long time and they resolve rather quickly. So recommend to go into a difficult negotiation. They're all difficult because they're all volatile. They could blow at any moment, quite frankly. And that's why it's so important that you have a good mediator who is someone who is calming and stable and doesn't get carried away with emotions and is in charge of the process, provides structure. So how do you prepare for it? As you state, Penny, prepare, prepare, prepare. Uh, your mindset, first of all, is very important. And this means that you need to focus on your best business sense. It's so obviously emotional when you're going into a divorce, but your emotions need to be restrained, which is easier said than done. And you need to realize this is a business transaction and your relationship, unfortunately, has come down to a business transaction. So you need a place for all those emotions. I'm not saying just stuff them or disregard them because they're important. They're important in your process of healing, but you need to take those emotions and not give them to an attorney who's charging you $450 an hour. Go to a therapist, go to a divorce, work out these emotions before you get into the mediation room or negotiation room. So list your priorities. I suggest to my folks and in my workbook, preparing for to see your attorney for the first time, make three columns. First of all, what is vitally important to you that you want in this negotiation or this mediation? And the second column is what are those things that you really don't care about? I mean, if you get it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. They're replaceable, no big deal. The third column is what are those things you know you do not want? So this is a preparation for your mindset to know, okay, now I know I've got my priorities. You're not as likely to be surprised when you go into the mediation room. So list those priorities and know what's worth fighting for. If it's your kids, it's worth fighting for. Uh, if it's uh, those things, if it is those things that can be replaced, it's not worth, it probably is not worth fighting for. And weigh the costs, weigh the cost of the fight. Again, as, as you beautifully stated, Penny, is it worth it in the long run in what it's going to do in the relationships? 
in the future. And if you are divorcing with minor children, you have a connection with that former, soon to be former spouse for the rest of your life in one way or another. So you can really help matters here if you are, you have the right mindset, you're coming at it with a clear business sense. Let me also say one other thing. Before you go into every mediation, you are screened for domestic violence. If you are intimidated by this individual, and this has happened in, in many cases, in fact, some cases we would go to the courthouse to do the mediation. If you are intimidated and cannot stand up for yourself, there need to be some special arrangements made for you. Sometimes I'll do a shuttle mediation, which means both parties are separate and never really see each other. And I go back and forth with the different uh, proposals. So those are some factors to help you uh, prepare. Certainly discuss this. Don't just go in thinking a few things in your mind, but have these things written down. Go over them with your attorney or go over them with a, a friend, a divorce coach, someone who's going to listen to you to see if it makes sense to help you process and articulate what you are thinking going into this and always be ready for surprises and illogical thinking because it's bound to happen in mediation. Wow, that was so packed full. I can see listeners, you know, uh, take a screenshot where the timing is right now on your recording. You might want to go back to this same section and listen to that over again. You know, some of the hot, very valuable information I heard is I love the three columns that re resonates with me as a business negotiator, because we do the same thing. What is on your wish list? What, you know, what means very little to you and you'd be happy to give up cost you nothing is, but we always talk about it. But when you start um, and someone asks for something in your third column, that, that thing that doesn't mean that much to you and you give it, there's a law of reciprocity there that might surprise your counterpart and saying, wow, well, now I probably should give something back. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the same in a, in a uh, mediation that you deal with, but there is still that kind of underlying sense of it. It builds momentum. All right. Yeah, it yeah. really, and that's when, when I go into mediation, I'll start with the, the low hanging fruit. What are the things that they are most likely to agree with to start getting that momentum? And so it just really um, greases the greases the wheels. Um, yeah. Very valuable. And, and like I said, people might want to take a screenshot of where they're at in this podcast, uh, go back and listen to you again on that, all of those options. That was a lot of information. It was very helpful. Power of silence. Have you ever used the power of silence in negotiation? It's, it's something I'm, you know, really attached to and found very powerful, but I wonder how it works in your uh, mediation uh, experience. Yes. And uh, it's important. It is very powerful. Of course, when you're waiting for someone to make a decision, silence is good. And as you state, you put it out there and then you just shut up. <laughs> you allow them to think about what you are proposing. And also silence is good for other people to, it can show that, you know, I'm, I've spoken my piece. I'm standing my ground. And it might allow them to wiggle a little bit, or it might also allow them to bring out the truth because some people can't stand silence and you don't want yourself to be that person. You want the other person because as they wiggle, uh, they maybe start saying some things that you didn't know or things that can help you, that can leverage you. And with enough time 
and being comfortable with silence, the truth can come out sometimes. So silence is very important. In fact, I, I have said in mediations, I'm not afraid of silence. If we need silence to sit here for a moment, to think or to gather our thoughts. And we always have a timeout at any point in a mediation because this is very stressful. It's hard work. It's very stressful. So at any time, even if I'm in the middle of a sentence and you need a timeout, uh, and I always say, if you need a cigarette break and you've never smoked a day in your life, today's the day. So just uh, let me know for a timeout because it is stressful. And that allows them to feel more comfortable that they're not going to be forced to make a decision. It's not going to be rushed. We're going to get you to a point to where you are comfortable in making the decision. And I always think that bullies are most uncomfortable with silence because it, they're they're not sure where that power lies. They're not sure what you're thinking. Uh, yeah. I like that you said I've spoken. Uh, more information comes out when you remain silent. It could be helpful. It could be could reveal more, both compassionately and informatively. Right? Could could tell you more about where that person is at. And the other thing that I kind of in, intuitively heard you say was, "I'm listening." Right. When I'm quiet, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. And sometimes people just need to be heard. Right. I think, um, Absolutely. either way. Absolutely. So. There's a time for silence. There's also a time to rephrase. This is what I heard you say. Yeah. Now, um, also when you talked about when you sometimes when you're the go between, when you actually keep the two parties in separate rooms, I would think it's easier for you as a professional to keep maintain that silence and listen than it might be for me emotionally. If I'm the person, you know, on the other side of the table, that's actually going to get the results of whatever is being uh, discussed. Yeah. Well, a uh, shuttle is not my preference. Okay. Uh, it's not as efficient. And my fear is what if I say it incorrectly and I take it to them and I didn't say it precisely. So it's always more efficient to have the parties together. But in some situations, again, if there's intimidation, you do not want the parties together. Great so clarification. We go back and yep, back. I love that. Let's talk about plan. I call it plan B in business negotiations. We call it what are your alternatives? You know, um, when are you going to walk away from the table now? not certain that in your situation, there's not a, a, gee, I'm just not going to talk anymore. You have to come to some kind of an agreement. How do you get to that uh, identifying plan B and alternatives? You want to talk to the, that a little bit about in dispute resolution? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we need to realize we're not going to get everything that we want. We hope they, I know it's so disappointing. <laughs> and there are those that go in just sure that they're going to get exactly what they want. It doesn't work that way. So if we can realize that and we can look at what do I need, not what I want, but what do I need? And if we can, again, go back to those three columns and know what's worth fighting for and what can you live with? What are your goals? And what, how helpful would it be if you were to give away this, which was on your column A list, but you were to gain two of column B or, or something else? So if we go in with this strong mindset that I'm not budging, and believe me, there are times when we get both parties are in their corner and they're not coming out, and which is always the most challenging. And that evolves, and I know that's not a question that you ask here, but that happens in family negotiations, that happens in um, business negotiations. It's an impasse, right? We call it an impasse. 
what do you do at that point? Well, for me, I found a timeout is important, or how do I massage this question? How do I put it out there? Because as a neutral party, I, I can't advise, but how can I creatively put something out on the table that looks just a little bit different than what was originally stated? And I find that that is helpful a lot of the time. If we can rephrase it, if we can give each other time and and maybe a break, depending on the tension in the room, uh, so we we just work with that and and just realize we're not going to get everything we want. And quite honestly, Penny, I've had people that will spend ten thousand dollars in legal fees to save something that's worth five thousand dollars, and it's like it, it doesn't make sense. So again, you've got to weigh the cost. Is it worth fighting for? Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Or are you just trying to prove an emotional point that the other party really doesn't care about? Mm. Or it's not It's not going to impress them or change them the way you think it's going to. So look at this. So that's what we have to do. As you well know, being the expert that you are, we have to look at it in different perspectives. So that's my favorite part is how do I rephrase this? Mm -hmm. It's acceptable or that it's close. Yeah, it's modified. It's not exactly but how do, how do we just massage this a little bit to get it to where these parties can be unstuck and come out of their quarters, corners and take off their boxing gloves? I want to stop for just a second here to a lot of really great information about how to get to that point. You know, spending $10,000 for a $5,000 value, you in any other portion of your life, you would say that's ridiculous. Yes, absolutely. But because of the emotions that it, it's crazy. I don't want to miss here. Let's stop for just a second. You have some great books out there um, that you've written and people can find on Amazon, but would you talk to those uh, titles of those books and, and which ones, you know, recommendations you have for each book? I would love to right now. My current favorite, it's kind of like your children, which one is your favorite? I don't know. But right now, my favorite is preparing for mediation because I've seen it help so many people. And that's my goal is to just limit the damage there's so much damage that's done in divorce. How do we minimize that? How do we bring it down a notch? And being prepared, being logical, and getting your network of experts is really how you do that. So that's my my free download, um, just because I've seen it help so many people, as I have my other books, but this one in particular just saves them so much money. So I also have written several books um, called a series of three called Suddenly Single. And that is to help you through the process of divorce, going through the divorce, designing your life after divorce, which is a really critical time in your life because people make a lot of mistakes, like jumping into the next relationship before they're healed. So I want to guide them through that. Uh, also, I have 30 days of healing after divorce. Uh, which is a uh, a real quick, simple way to begin that healing process for us. And then on the um, on the corporate side, I have uh, 60 techniques for peacekeeping in the workplace. So this is a, a quick little book that gives 60 different ideas for you as you're going through um, conflict in the workplace. Thank you, Kathy. All great resources. I want to remind listeners that you can find the links to these resources and information on Kathy's webpage that will be included in the show notes. You'll also find by clicking on the contact link at the top of her webpage, a link for ordering books. So if you have any trouble, a couple of ways to do it. 
to get to those resources. And of course, you can always just reach out to her directly because on that contact page is information on how to reach her. One quick question, Kathy, in case listeners are curious. What brought you to this space, your expertise in mediation? What experience do you have with divorce? <laughs> well, far too much. Uh, I've been dealing with it for the past 17 years, went through my own about 23 years ago, and was very much alone and realized how important it is that you are not alone as you go through divorce, that you have support, that you have people who will listen to you as you express what's going on in your heart and mind. It's devastating. It is a trauma in many ways. And people who think, oh, I can do this on my own are sorely mistaken because you need, I mean, you can do it on your own, but it's going to take you three times as long to heal as when you get with a group, I hold support groups, and you sit in the group and you hear someone articulate your pain it is incredibly valuable to you to say, you know what? I'm not crazy here. I'm not the only one feeling this way. It is so life-giving. So that's there. I, I, I wanted to make sure that story was out there, that this is not someone uh, sitting at an ivory tower, looking down on everybody, telling them how to do things that have never experienced it. And I, you're, you're just a great resource for those reasons, as well as being a very compassionate leader. Any other negotiation words of wisdom from yourself or mediation, however you want to describe it? Oh, yeah. Simply, I think what is really helpful, instead of making statements, we want to go into negotiation and make these demanding statements. Like, I will not do this. I will not. Um, or however we phrase it, how we stand our ground. To be curious instead and to be asking the questions, whether you are the peacekeeper in the middle or you are the um, individual in negotiation, if you can be curious as to why, why is that so important to you? Instead of saying, that's not important to you. You see the difference there? It just, mm -hmm. it drops the defenses. And that's what we want. We want that, yes, even in negotiation and in mediation, we can have a connection with other people. And so that's what we want. So be curious. Don't go in with thinking you know everything about what this other party is thinking or what their motivations are. You don't. So be curious. I find that is really, really helpful. And listening yeah. as we know. And that's hard when you're sitting there listening to someone who is speaking against you or blaming you for things or shaming you for things. So that's really um, a difficult thing to do, but it can prove to be just like silence, very powerful that you, you've got your, your wits about you. You're taking your stand, but you're not being a, um, you know, a bully. Mm -hmm. says. You're not giving way. And we go over this in, in group, uh, Penny, which is really important is a lot of individuals, women in particular have difficulty standing up for themselves. And so that in itself could be a whole 10 week session. How do we stand up for ourselves? How do we think that, you know what, I invested. And one of, one of the points, and I'll throw this out here, forgive me if I'm going too long, but is women, stay-at-home women who come into mediation and say, well, 
I was a stay-at-home mom. Oh, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it's like, oh, no, 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 sister. You have invested more in this marriage of eternal worth than anyone who brings money into the into the marriage. So for them to be able to see, I I did make life investment into this marriage. Yes, I was a stay-at-home mom. Yes, you were a stay-at-home mom, which is the most difficult job that there is. So, and just wanting women, your listeners to know, don't devalue yourself when you go into a negotiation or a mediation as personal as divorce. Realize that you have contributed into this marriage and don't think you have to shrink back or be second-class citizen because you were not the income earner, earner in the relationship. So that is one area that I'm just so passionate about. And it's true with men too. Some men don't know how to stand up for themselves. I've had men come in who have no idea of the finances of the, the marriage. His wife took care of it. So just be able to practice in life somewhere. And how do you stand up for yourself? You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to cry. You just have to be able to, this is who I am. This is what I need. And this is what I'm going to stand for. I, some huge words of advice there. The, the, the ones that I just scribbled down as you were talking that I don't want to forget even for myself is be curious you know, we often, and on the, the business side of negotiation, talk about everything has two views, your yeah. view and, and the full view. I don't even count. I don't even consider it just your counterpart's view. Um, there are so many other dynamics to who's coming to the table. It can be the boss. In your case, it could be the mother, you know, the mother, the father, the neighbor, the girlfriend, the what, you know, whatever. It, there's a lot of other voices that are um, influencing that person that's at the table. And uh, the second huge point you made there was advocate for yourself. Make sure you understand that you have, um, you, you know, it's okay to be yourself and that you add value to the table. So that, that, that was huge. It reminded me of a quote I heard years ago. I believe it was from Michelle Obama. And, it, and this is where it circles back to what you do, Kathy, that I think is so beneficial and such a, a great resource for people. And that is look for and listen to people who lift you up. Yes. And that was, uh, I, I'm quite sure that was something, oh, Michelle Obama, someone asked her, what do you tell your girls? And that mm -hmm. was what she said. And I think that is such a universal response and really um, just circles around all that you do. You know, you're, you're an advocate for, for the right thing to do, not just for one side of the, the, the show. It's just what's the, the best for the, the whole circumstances. So powerful information, my friend. I want to remind people that you can listen to this podcast more than once. You can find information in the show notes on how to reach Kathy and Kathy, will you give your email address, um, your web address again, please? Certainly divorce support anonymous.com. All one word. When they click on that web page, how would they find that? Take this document and read it before you go to your lawyer reference tool and remind me what it's called officially and where to find it. Absolutely. They just need to send me their email address. That's all they need to do. And I will send it out. It's too large of a file to go through messenger or right. any other. 
Right. What? But if they go on your website, then I, they, there's probably a contact Kathy link or something. And then they say, I, I'm, I'm heading to my divorce lawyer and I need that document and you'll know what it is. Right. Um, so okay. Preparing to see your attorney for the first time and as a guide for mediation and your first visit with your attorney. Do you have um, cases where people are not actually in a divorce, but there's, you know, because there's a lot of people that cohabitate for long periods of time. Just curious if you ever have those kind of mediations or doesn't that not go to court? We do. Absolutely. We have, um, I've dealt with family, adult children and parents who were just couldn't get along. And uh, we have people who do not marry and they have children. And so they have to mediate the uh, parenting time with the child or children. So there's a thousand different scenarios that, uh, that comes in. Great. Uh, and the, and that you're not just um, uh, a niche into divorce. It's any kind of mediation where people are, are trying to work through a family issue of some type. So good to yeah. know. Absolutely. And I also do stay married mediations, which is something that uh, it's a different slant because some people have, we've been to therapists for years, nothing's happening. It's our last ditch effort before we step into divorce. How do we do this? So I just provide structure. We come up with the actual contract that they both agree to. And I meet with them periodically to see how it's working. And we have seen, I, I say we, because many of these I do with uh, my partner, Peter Letzman. And uh, so uh, we have seen couples stay together because they just couldn't figure out who to, how to get past this hurdle. And many of it, many times in all mediations, we not only come into the mediation room with our own baggage, we come in with our own childhood trauma too. Right. So, you know, there's just so much um, psychology that's going on, uh, which is why I'm a, a, a mental health coach as well because there's a lot going on that you don't see there. Mm. So to, to be uh, sensitive to that. Kathy, thanks so much for taking time for this interview. I think this information is so helpful to so many people. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you, my friend. Thank you, Penny. You're amazing. And I uh, thank you for this time to chat with you. That's a wrap for this episode of Enhancing the Negotiation Conversation. You can find more information about the guest speaker in the show notes for this recording. You can find additional negotiation resources on my webpage, pennyrosema.com. Look for the menu bar at the top of the page and you'll find the resources link. Enjoy the day.